Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book 2 The Royal Captive by E.M. Clark. Read by Lexi. Chapter 2 The Black Castle. Something shimmers, half hidden by a heat haze. It is a black castle, brooding at the edge of a huge ocean. Forbidding, it stares down from its high jet walls at the rocky shoreline below. Nothing living comes near apart from those creatures under its spell. It lies in the far north, but is not on any maps. It sits alone, its barred windows battered by the relentless sea spray. There is no door. Well, no door that can be seen. It is a fortress, grim and hostile. There is a room inside the castle, furnished with rich carpets and expensive paintings. Heavy silk curtains obscure the night sky as two men meet. The soft glow of candles casts an eerie half-light over the room and at the head of the table sits a gigantic figure, its eyes closed. It is not a peaceful face. It is hard and cruel. Jewels flash as the large hands with their long nails slowly caress the gleaming white bird perched on his lap. It is Prince Igor from Frenchtown, and he is not happy. Before him stands the reason for his anger, a sneering man in a long cloak with a tattoo of a black cross inked into his neck. It is Vinicius the leader of the pirate band, the Black Cross Gang. He is shifting on his feet, nervous. He is in big trouble. Unbeknownst to them, however, they are not the only people present. On the walls are several dusty cobwebbed portraits. The old owners of the Black Castle look down disapprovingly on the newcomers. Marvello the Magnificent and Ignatius the Intrepid, explorers and adventurers who sailed the seven seas, frown at the invaders in their midst. Then one of them blinks. That is not a painted eye. It is a real human eye. And another. And two more. The eyes of Marvello and Ignatius have come alive again, but they do not belong to the explorers. The eyes belong to Gergo and Tegel Contuti, Count Zuto and Countess Rosina's sons. They are spying on the meeting from the room next door, faces glued to the panelling behind the paintings, hardly daring to breathe. All is perfectly still. The people look like waxworks, unmoving and silent. Finally, the white bird speaks. Gah! Hail, great leader! Prince Igor's eyes snap open and he gazes at Vinicius, furious eyes gleaming a fiery red. You failed me, he hisses, pointing accusingly at the pirate standing before him. And Prince Igor does not like failure. No, oh great one! Vinicius sinks to his knees. Yes! Igor continues, you failed. A horrible quiet descends on the magnificent room. 
The only sound is the ragged breathing of the frightened pirate, frozen on his knees as if turned to stone. The bird's shriek shatters the silence and its cold grey eyes glitter as it stares at the cowering man. But the prince raises his hand and the bird stops. Fortunately for you, I will give you a chance to redeem yourself. Thank you, great leader, stammers Vinicius. This time I will succeed. You had better, replies the prince, his eyes narrowing. Beaten by a group of silly little children, pesky brats. His low voice is rising now, laced with fury. The white bird has risen in response to its master's anger. It shrieks. Report! We have taken back our ship, the black vulture, and our crew, replies the pirate hurriedly. We're ready for the next stage, great leader, with your permission, of course. Prince Igor is still staring coldly at the kneeling pirate. After recent events, it has been difficult to get away from the Palace of the Flowers. I must get back as soon as possible to allay suspicion. King Lucio trusts me. He has been made to believe I want a truce to be friends. (laughs) I must not let him down. You are cunning, great leader, the pirate replies, bowing his head. Yes, sneers Igor. I am, and I have discovered the perfect way to ensure the House of Richmondo is completely in my power. The girl. He pauses, thoughtful. We must bring our plans forward. We all know the powers of those of Flambeau, but they are only children after all. I will finish the work my noble father started, and they will not stand against us. Enter, Countess. And through one of the doors, a tiny woman with flashing green eyes sweeps in. Gurgo and Tegel blink from behind their portraits. It is their mother. Allow me to help, O Great One. She says smoothly, I only live to serve you. And she bows deeply. There are ways of hiding our intentions, even from the magic of flambeau. Igor leans towards her, greedy eyes glinting in the candlelight. An obscurity spell, he hisses, and his red eyes flash with triumph. Do it. The Countess Rosina bows again, then closes her eyes. She concentrates completely, unaware of her surroundings, all her energy focused on her thoughts. She pictures a dark place, a dungeon, where no light filters through the dank stone walls, a place of suffering and death. She breathes it in the force of her concentration building, and, slowly, a low shimmering moves through the room, enveloping everyone in its reach. Then, as suddenly as the shimmering airwaves appear, they are gone, and Rosina's eyes open in a flash. Good, grunts Prince Igor. That should stop any eavesdropping at the palace. All they will be able to read is darkness. There is a feast which we must attend. Smile, speak honeyed words. Then we strike. 
The bird caws loudly, eyes glinting, wings flapping, creating a rush of air in the stifling room. The king of Sandlandia will be sorry he challenged me! Prince Igor's eyes have taken on a mad gleam. My father's legacy will continue. The house of Barbosa will return, more powerful than ever! <laughs> a horrible smile twists his features into a terrifying mask as he raises his jewelled glass. To our success! The Countess and Vinicius scramble to their feet, arms raised with fists clenched in a salute as they chant. We only live to do your will. We wish to make you greater still. House of Barbosa we'll restore to rule with might over all once more. Next door, Gergo and Tegel tear their eyes away from the portrait holes. They stare at each other. Gergo swallows hard, twisting his hands nervously. But Tegel is delighted. His dark eyes shine, glinting in the low light of their hiding place, and he raises a clenched fist in a copy of the salute. The House of Barbosa will show them who's boss, he says in his high nasal voice, a nasty smile distorting his narrow pointed face. But Tegel, he sounds like they're planning something horrible. His brother replies doubtfully. Prince Igor and that bird scare me. I don't like it here. You're such a baby, sneers Tegel. Can't you feel the power? I can't wait until I'm old enough to join in. Victory is might. That's our family motto, remember? And he points to his neck, where a vivid splash of red ink is visible. It is a tattoo. A large letter C, wrapped in flames, surrounds a clenched fist. Or maybe you're just not brave enough to be in the house of Conchuti, he adds unkindly. And Gergo takes a step back from him, doubt and fear clouding his face. The booming voices from next door interrupt Hegel as, Hail, great leader! sweeps through the castle, accompanied by Prince Igor smashing the table with a fist, making the floors tremble. The snowy bird caws loudly in support, wings outstretched, and, from outside, a cacophony of sound rises from the many enchanted white birds stationed all around the castle walls, cawing in response, wings beating, talons raised. Zelly! Zelly! Can you hear me? Zelly! Slowly, the voice penetrates the shimmering mist which has descended on Zelly, leaving her dazed and exhausted. Igor, the Countess, she mutters, still half in the trance which had come over her so suddenly. Danger! The girl! She's in danger! And at that memory, her eyes snap open. Zav is crouched next to her, his worried face only centimetres from hers. What happened? said Zelly, sitting up and shaking her head as if to get rid of the last wisps of the trance or hallucination or dream or whatever it was. I don't know, her twin replied, looking very relieved that she was okay. You just slipped into a trance or something. What could you see? A castle in the north. Igor, she replied, plotting with the Countess and vile Vinicius. Him again, spat Zav. I knew he should never have been allowed to escape. And that horrid bird who chased Anna was there, continued Zelly, screwing her eyes up in her attempt to remember. And Igor said he needed a girl to make the plan work. But Zelly, you're a girl. What if they mean you? Zav looked horrified. 
or Richenda, or Sophie. We have to stop them. Zelly put her hand to her head, fear surging through her. Oh, Gurgo and Tegel were spying, she cried, remembering another part of the dream. They saw the whole thing. That means they might know who the girl is, said Zav. Right, tomorrow at the palace, we're going to have to see if we can make them talk. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more adventures in Chapter 3, The Girl Vanishes. Check out the interactive map on our website, supersleuths.net. Want to read along? Supersleuths Book 2, The Royal Captive, is available now on Kindle. Enjoyed today's chapter? Why not rate our podcast? See you next time.